0: Welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Hey, um, we've been doing a series for the last month about encounter. And um, by the way, I've asked the keyboardist to keep going because I, right, I don't want to kind of talk and then we get our hearts ready for encounter right from the start. I want you to get your heart ready like, man, God, God, you're going to move. God, I'm going to respond. God, I'm going to move. I and mean, there's going to be an opportunity at the end for you to go with that and to open your heart to God. But right from the start, I want us to sit like, man, we're here for encounter. We're here for God to touch our lives. And I think it's such an important series to do uh, this time of the year and this time in the world. And in, 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 in uncertain times and times of change, there's a paradox one, I need an encounter because I'm a bit afraid, I'm a bit uncertain, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what's happening in the world, but B, not only do I need an encounter, I'm paradoxically, I'm also more open to an encounter in times of change. So can I say, this is a precise, perfect moment for you to have an encounter. You know, on a global level, there's lots of change. Um, Soon after the Queen passed away, I saw the first interview that Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, did. He was kind of in a pastoral mode, and he's saying, man, a lot of people just thought the Queen was going to be around forever. We kind of took it for granted, and now people are kind of feeling a bit uncertain, and what's certain in life, and people are looking for certainty, and it's like, yeah, as soon as they change, we're kind of reaching out like man, I need, I need something solid in my life again. And, and we've had a lot of uncertainty the last few years, the war in Ukraine, what's happening in the financial sector, um, COVID. It's like, man, the world can feel a bit scary. And in that context, both I need an encounter, but also my heart is open to reach out for an encounter. And so can I say this is a divine setup for you to have a fresh encounter with God. But maybe not on a global kind of level, but even just on a personal level, on personal change. This time of the year, maybe you started at university. Maybe you're at a new school or a new job. And, and, and again, in those moments of transition, it's when we both need an encounter and we're open to an encounter. We're not going to talk about them tonight, but there's an interesting story in the Bible. The guy, Jacob, it's like... He, he just had his life sorted out. He was a schemer. He worked things. He could make things happen. But there was a point in his life where everything kind of fell apart and he had to run away. And, and he was journeying between one set place and another. And it was in that moment, he sleeping at night, he had a dream and he saw this ladder between heaven and earth, angels ascending and descending. And, and he was like, oh man, I didn't realize that I'm in the house of God. This is a special place. And it's like, no, no. There's nothing special about the place. It's the space that you're in, Jacob. You're in the space between the times where where you're open and you're and you're looking for something. And God was able to give you an encounter precisely because you were between your times. And then, as soon as he gets to his new destination, he goes back into his old mo- old mode, scheming and stuff. But there comes another point where his life's disrupted, and he's journeying back. And this time, he knows what to. To expect so he sends all his family away because he, he's like, I know that when you're in between things, you have encounters, and that's where he has this incident of wrestling with the angel, and something's changed. And so, again, I want to say whether whether some stuff in the kind of bigger picture um, is concerning you, or whether it's just on a personal level, you're on a transition point. You need an encounter. And I got great news. Precisely because you're in that place, you're open to an encounter. And so I wanna look at uh, an incident in the Bible, not Jacob, but someone else, Isaiah who had an encounter in a time of uncertainty. And it's found in Isaiah chapter six. I don't know if we've got any verses. No, it's gone. It It just says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He went on to write one of the most significant books of the Bible, 66 chapters, the book of Isaiah, one of the largest, most powerful books in the Bible. But it all came out of a moment, he said, in this moment, I had an encounter. And I saw the Lord. I had an encounter with God. And and in the context too, this was a king who had reigned 52 years, not as long as your Previous Monarch, but that was a long time. And so that was the whole point. They said, oh, there was a time of uncertainty. A lot of people hadn't known another king apart from King Uzziah. And, and, and more than so, there was uncertainty, but there was also a global threat from another empire. And this guy had kind of held them at bay, but now he's gone. People were afraid and people were uncertain. And that's the moment that a lifetime ministry was born in a moment of uncertainty and a moment of anxiety was actually the moment that Isaiah was open and ready for an encounter. And I want to say, some of you here, you're ready for an encounter. You're ready for your moment. You're ready for God to birth something. Because you've started something new. You're between the times. You're facing uncertainty. There's some anxiety. It's like, you need an encounter. i got great news for you. You're also ready for an encounter. So I just want to look quickly at three things about Isaiah's encounter with God. And and I pray that you have, you you experience these things tonight. Three things. The first thing is this. When you have an encounter, this is what Isaiah discovered. God is bigger than you think. Maybe you've kind of kept him in a box and he's domesticated. Maybe you go to church every so often or regularly or whatever, but, but God has just become small. And in a moment of encounter, God be- suddenly becomes bigger than you think, bigger than you imagine. And I, I wanna pray right now, and I wanna invite that the Holy Spirit would come and open your eyes and you would find yourself like Isaiah did, kind of caught up into this other place where you suddenly you're seeing God and you're encountering God and you're feeling his presence and he's all over you. And it's like, man, God, you're bigger than I thought. You're more real than I thought. You're more important than I thought. So this is what, I, this is what Isaiah said, Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And he was high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He says that he's seated on a throne. It's like when my world feels out of control, when my world feels uncertain, the thing that I see is God is still on the throne. It's not out of control, it's not uncertain. God is ruling. Putin's not deciding the fate of Europe. God is on the throne. Trump didn't decide the fate of America. God is on the throne. COVID didn't decide the script for your life. God is on the throne. When it feels like the world is out of control, when it feels a bit scary, you need a revelation of God and that God is on the throne. But he also sees that God is much bigger than he imagined. He said, I saw him, he was high and exalted. And, and and it says, the train of his robe fills the temple. So they had this whole temple that was filled with the presence of God. But when Isaiah saw God, he's like, do you know what? Just like the bottom hem of his robe filled the whole place, which means the rest of him is going so much bigger and so much higher and so much more immense than I could have imagined. There's more to God than I imagined. He's bigger than I thought. He's more powerful than I thought. He's more majestic than I thought, and Isaiah was like, yeah, I've heard about God all my life, but He's bigger than I thought, and I want to encourage you, some of you tonight would just have this thing like, man, this name of Jesus, this God, He's kind of, He's a little domestic figure, but suddenly, no, He's bigger than I thought, and He's more powerful than I thought, uh, it, it go, he goes on to say this. It, was, it wasn't just an encounter with the person of God. He realized there's a whole world out there. Uh, he says this, verse 2 Above him were seraphim. That just means fiery angels, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. So they're circling around and they're calling to one another. Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And so there's God on a throne who's so big, just the hem of His garment fills the whole temple. And there's these powerful beings of fire circling around, going holy, holy, holy. And it just says, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah was overcome at the bigness of God and the reality of this other dimension. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw that God is bigger than I'd imagined. I saw that he's more majestic. I saw there's a whole other world out there that is actually more important than the day-to-day politics that I'm so afraid of. Now, this reminds me of an, an another encounter in the Bible at kind of the other end of the Bible, the Apostle John. Again, in a time of uncertainty, he was exiled, he was alone, he's in a cave, he's afraid, he's, he, he used to have the successful ministry, now he's been removed from it. Again, and he's open to an encounter and he needs an encounter. And this is what he said, very similar. At once I was in the Spirit, this is Revelation chapter 4. We've got, great. And, and there before me was a throne. See, both times, the first thing that Isaiah sees, the first thing that John sees, is God is on his throne. And you're reassured hey, it's going to be okay. God's on the throne. And again, similar, uh, and, and with someone sitting on it. And, and John has this incredible kind of picture of the color and vitality and energy and overwhelming experience of heaven. He says this, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. It's like flashing red and clear lights and a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. It's like, he's this old guy in a cave and yet he suddenly, he's, He's stepped into this realm where he's encountering God and it's full of color and full of light. And verse four, then surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Like Man, there's a whole world out there of these spiritual beings in presence and seated on them were 24 elders and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbles and peals of thunder. So there's God on a throne, there's these beings singing, there's emerald uh, rainbows, there's lightning, there's thunder going on in front of the throne. Seven lamps were blazing, and it's like those, you know. I don't know if you celebrate goals in football with the lamp, fiery lamp. It's like that; they're just firing out. So there's lightning, there's thunder, there's fire, there's colour going on, uh, all. Around. And he's a guy in a cave by himself, and he's suddenly encountering this, and 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 in the. And then it says, and these are the seven spirits. And then he said, also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystals. And commentators say, if that's all looking up there and you have like this glass floor, it's like everything's being, uh, it's like replicated because it's the mirror reflection. So it's like double fold all of that, two fold all of that. John is overwhelmed with the reality of God and how big God is. Talks about when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and he lives forever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him. Suddenly John's like, there's worship happening in heaven. And there are these beings circling around and worshiping Him and there are other beings falling down and worshiping Him and there's thunder and lightning and flashing and God is sitting up there on His throne. Like, how could I have thought that the world was fragile? How could I have thought that it's out of control when you get an encounter with God like that? And, and they saying you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. In the next chapter, Revelation 5, it's going on verse 11. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. That's basically the biggest word in Greek multiplied by itself. That's like a gazillion times gazillion. But if it's true, if it's literal, it's a 100 million angels, a combined mass choir of a 100 million angels worshiping God forever and ever and ever and ever. This is his encounter with the bigness of God, God on a throne who fills the whole place emerald colours and uh, and rainbows and thunder and lightning and fire and these and these four beings circling around going holy, holy, holy and 24 elders falling down and a mass choir of, of 100 million angels. In the Bible, you meet one angel, you're tempted to fall down, you're overcome. But there's 100 million angels worshipping God right now as He reigns on His throne. And it's like, oh, he just was overwhelmed with the bigness of God and had an encounter with God. And You know, he goes on to say, and then I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Some people think it's prophetic looking to the future. Other commentators think this, do you know what? All of creation is caught up in the worship of this God. It's just us and our fallenness who are blind to it and deaf to it and dumb to it. But when we have an encounter, we realize God is bigger than we imagined. Heaven is more real than we imagined. Heaven is more majestic than we imagined. Heaven is more powerful than we imagined. And in times of change, we need an encounter. But the good news is in times of change, we're open to an encounter first thing that Isaiah discovered and that you and I need to discover. God is bigger than you think. God is more majestic than you think. An encounter begins with kind of being overwhelmed at His presence. Overwhelmed as He comes and meets with us. Overwhelmed as we have a glimpse of who God really is. And some of you are going to encounter that tonight. Again, I'm sorry, when I was looking at you in worship, I just felt, you know, God's favor is on you. And I pray tonight you have a sense again of just an encounter with God where everything of heaven is being poured in God's favor on your life. Um, Isaiah starts with a sense of God is bigger than you imagine. But but the second thing is this, kind of getting right with God is more important than you think and it's more urgent than you think. Because Isaiah's response in this is, is this. He says this, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. As soon as you encounter God, you realize something needs to change in me. Like I just had God in a box and maybe maybe it was kind of convenient, but like, no, this is more pressing than I thought. This is more urgent than I thought. This is more important than I thought that I connect with God, that I get right with God. And some of you tonight are gonna come to that place where you just like, you're surrendering to God, you're offering yourself to God, you're getting right with God. you know. And then it says in verse six, one of these fiery angels, one of the seraphim, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken from the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Every time you have an encounter with God, there's an invitation, there's a sense, man, I need to get some things right. Man, I need to realign some things. I need to reposition some things. And as we respond to that, as we go with that, God puts us right again. He realigns us. He positions us to go forward with Him. And you realize God is more important. I was thinking in the global thing, like I need this career, I need this money. And those are not wrong, but it's like, I need to get right with this God because he's the dominant force in my world. He's the more important person in my world. And I need to make sure I'm right with him tonight. You know, I love the fact that on this side of the cross, it's a bit simpler. Revelation 3.20 just says this. Jesus is saying this, here I stand here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person and they with me. It's like, Jesus is like, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you, but you have to let me in. You have to acknowledge that I need to change. You have to acknowledge that something needs to shift. All I'm asking is you'd say, Jesus, come. Jesus, I've met you. Jesus, come and make my life different. In fact, Romans 10.10 uh, 10 gives the specifics, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess and are saved. In a moment of encounter, there's a response that just says, Jesus, I sense this is not just something out there. You actually want to draw me into a relationship. And it's just saying, Jesus, I agree. Jesus, I surrender. I remember as a, eight or nine-year-old. I don't even remember how old I was. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but I went to this kid's camp. Didn't really know it was a church camp, but you know, one of the nights, someone explained about Jesus and said, "You know, if you wanna receive him into your life, come up the front. And I was kind of the shy, quiet kid, so I was like, there's no way I'm going up the front. But I just went to back to my bunk room bed and just sat on my bed and said, Jesus, you know everything that guy said, I agree with. Maybe some of you tonight are like, I haven't really thought about this before, but but actually there's nothing in me that's holding back. There's nothing in me that's resisting. Maybe there has been something that's resisting, but it's like, Jesus, tonight I've had a sense this is real and I just wanna say yes. And God, I wanna agree to it. And God, I wanna open my heart to you and let you into my life. Because I wanna respond to encounter. Because God, you are bigger than I thought. But God, I also realize it's more urgent, more pressing that I, that I respond to you than I thought. It's more urgent or pressing that I engage with you than I thought. It's more urgent or pressing than I get, that I get right with you than I thought. So Isaiah's encounter in a time of uncertainty when he needed an encounter and he was open to an encounter. First of all, God is bigger than I thought. Number two, getting right with God is more urgent than I thought. But I love how his encounter finishes, which is, I wanna say this is the third point is this. Your future is more significant than you think. God is bigger than you think. Getting right with God is more urgent than you think. But your future is more significant than you think. Because a moment of encounter that begins in worship turns to a moment of encounter that's about transformation but it ends with a moment of counter that's about commission. Hey, I I just don't wanna meet you in a moment and then you walk away. I wanna use your life from this day forward. And and this is what Isaiah found in this moment. uh, Verse eight. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? It's like God was almost looking past Isaiah out into a lost and hurting and broken world, out to a whole lot of people who didn't have encounters with God, out to a world that needed hope, that needed someone to go. And and God's like, I wanna reach this lost and broken world. I wanna impact that world. And who could I send? And Isaiah's like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. And he realized in a moment that his life had changed. What started as an encounter of worship that moved to an encounter of transformation became an encounter of commission. I found my life purpose serving you, God. It's not just an emotional experience on a Sunday, it's not just an inner transformation. My life is gonna be different because you are on the throne and you are at work and you're wanting to reach other people. And God, I give my life to you. And again, I believe tonight, some of you are gonna find yourself like, God, I just give my life to you. Now, Jesus picks this up in Matthew 28. After his resurrection, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So I don't know what this means, God, but I give it, I give myself to you and I find where where I'm gonna fit in your purpose and plan, wherever that may lead. Again, Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I don't know where this is gonna lead, but God, I give myself to you. In a moment of encounter, and I'm gonna go on a journey with you. And who knows where this will lead, but it was born out of an encounter. Now Romans 12:1 says this, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Again, when I was about eight or nine, I had this encounter for the first time, like God, you're real and you wanna be involved in my life. When I was about 15, I got involved in a youth group and again they took me to another camp I didn't really know what it was going to be about but one night this um in a big town hall this man just was talking about not becoming a Christian but you just want to give your life to serve God and uh at the end he said if you want to give your life just to serve God whatever that means I want you to get out of your seat and come down the front and I was, I'd was kind of just been sitting there, not really listening, really. And, and the girl next to me stood up and walked. And I don't know why still to this day I did, but I stood up with her and walked to the front. And a 15-year-old stood at the front of this big town hall and a big conference and just said, God, you can have my life. And, and I forgot about it straight away. But five years, six years later, as I finished a degree, God reminded me of it. And he said, hey, you said that I could have your life. And, I, and that's when he called me to change direction. And you can go, it's emotion. You're caught up in the hype. No, no, I've been living out that moment for, the, for 45 years since then. It wasn't emotion. The reason why I didn't have to think about coming to England to do a Crippos College because as a 15-year-old, I stood and said, God, you do whatever you like. I give my life to serve you. I love the fact that we're talking about encounter. Can I invite you to stand and maybe I'll invite the team to come back up. Let me just say this again. In times of uncertainty, in times of anxiety, in times of fear, in times of change, you need an encounter. But in times of uncertainty, in times of fear, in times of change, great news, you're actually open to an encounter because life is not in a tidy little box and you haven't got it all pinned down. And you can either live in that anxiety or you can bring that all to God. And you can go, God, I wanna open up to some of these things. I wanna open up to the greater reality that God, you're bigger than I thought. God, that getting right with you is more important than I thought. God, that my future has more significance than I thought as I offer my life to you. We're gonna just create a a moment, an environment for encounter. We're going to worship. And I pray that heaven is going to open. And a bit like Isaiah, a bit like John, you're going to have a sense God is here. God is real. I I'm, I'm, Something is touching my life from another realm. There are angels all around. There's worship. God is on His throne in His glory. And as you do that, you can respond and go, "God, I w- I want to get right with you. I want to walk out of this place knowing my life is aligned with your purpose." But you can also then say, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to offer my life to you." Going to get the team to lead us in worship in a minute, but I want to encourage you to, I want to encourage you to have an encounter with God. And how do you do that? You just start responding. You start going with what he's doing. And that might mean you just close your eyes. That might might mean you lift your head up or you bow your head or you raise your hands. But I think for some of you, what it means is you get out of your seat and you come and stand at the front or actually that you come and kneel on the sides or the front and you just go, God, you're so real. God, I want to be right with you today. I want everything in my life to agree with you and align with you. And more than that, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to offer my life to you. I, I, I want you to have your way in my life and my future, God, whatever that would be, wherever that would lead. So come on, let's worship God. And I encourage you, respond, raise your hands, come out the front, kneel at the sides. But come on, let's encounter God. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend.